I'm Taylor Stafford, and this is Talk Taboo. Yeah! Come on over! We ask a lot of people if they like their ass or touch. <laughs> we really are breaking down stigmas. <laughs> it's everything sex. Holy shit. What the fuck is up? You dickheads, so glad to be back yelling at you in a fucking microphone. It has been a journey. Hold on, I thought I was set up. Clearly not. Sugar. Okay. Oh my god, it has been a couple months since uh, Talk Taboo was up and running. Um, I don't even know where to start. I did write it down. Um, the first thing I have written down is welcome the audience. (laughs) It's like when I like break it down into like the most simple step process for like my patients with ADHD. It's like, okay, first take computer out of backpack, then open computer, (laughs) then wait for computer to load. (laughs) Um, that's how I feel right now. Welcome back. Um, those of you who do not follow me on Instagram and get all the updates that I choose or choose not to share, um, didn't know that I was taking a break from this podcast and probably thought I fell off the face of the earth, uh, which also kind of felt like for a while. Um, but those of you who do follow me on Instagram and got the update that Talk Taboo was going to be on hold for a while because we got fucking shit going on that is... Um, very unfortunately more important than this podcast and your guys's sexual education journey. So sorry to put you not priority, but we're going to give you a little update on that. Um, what, what, why did we stop? So we stopped, uh, because, um, we're in this thing called like a pandemic and, not even to mention all the other shit that's happening in the world. But um, one of the projects that Women Against Taboo Foundation does is we were supposed to open up a pilot program in Bangkok, Thailand this last August. Obviously, due to a pandemic, that did not happen. So um, we are supporting one female that I met there who had been engaging in uh, survival sex work and really wanted to get out of it. She has three kids that she's taking care of. Dad left the picture. She's also taking care of her mother. Um, so we are supporting them in any way possible through this pandemic until we can get there and really set up our pilot program. The pilot program was to get them out of survival sex work. Those of you who don't know what survival sex work is, basically it's a little bit different than trafficking. Um, trafficking, you are being controlled by moved by someone, coercing you, all of the things. Survival sex is more of like, I cannot survive any other way than doing sex work, whether that be poverty or all the other fucking factors um, that contribute to people who only have sex work as their last option in order to survive. So um, we're going to call her Maggie. I was going to say her American name, but I don't want to call her that. So um, Maggie has been um, 
in and out of accepting help from us. The thing about the Thai culture is that they like to do things on their own. They're very self-sufficient. They like to work for their money. They don't like to take charity or any things from any other people. So that brought us with a little bit um, uh, of some issues because, you know, we have this money and we want to be helping them, but uh, Maggie wants to be working for her money. She doesn't want to be taking things, which I totally understand, um, especially understanding their culture. However, um, I think it was July, June, Maggie finally... um, hit a breaking point, um, and was going to be evicted from their house. Um, and finally asked us to help her with rent. So we have been helping her with rent, um, through this past, however many months and which we can, which we plan to continue to do, um, in order for her to stay out of sex work and for her kids and herself and her mom to have shelter and a safe place to live. Um, with the pandemic, you know, Thailand, um, all they run off of tourism. That's what their majority of their economy is. And so, and all of the jobs that people have there revolve around tourism, but because of the pandemic, the borders to Thailand are not open. Well, that's a whole different issue, but you know, limited open borders for people to come in, which is just killing their economy. Um, and putting people in a lot of very, very inhumane, impoverished conditions. Um, so that has been a struggle, trying to figure out how to help Maggie and her family. Um, uh, there's also been a lot of roadblocks into that. Uh, so that is one reason that I had to focus on other things besides education. Um, another thing is, holy shit, I was depressed as fuck, you guys. And it's just, you know, I thought I, w- I was unsure how I was sick. I knew that something was wrong. Um, and I think it's just like everyone's feeling this right now. Everyone's depressed as shit. Even if you've never been depressed in your life, you're all of a sudden f- getting depression symptoms. This world is chaotic. We have no idea what's going to happen next. We feel so out of control. We're just so off our rockers right now, um, including myself. Um, so I was experiencing a lot of like high functioning depression, anxiety. Um, and the, the third reason it kind of, kind of contributes to depression, anxiety, but, uh, due to the pandemic, my patients are just sick as hell. And that has been a challenging issue for me, Um, I'm always around sick kids, right? Um, But for some reason, it's scarier. Um, Just a quick rundown on that. So as as people are getting sick, mentally ill, um, beds in everywhere, but I'll just speak to Washington because that's where I work, have been filling up so quickly. So you have different tiers of kids, people, but kids who need um, different levels of care. So, you know, you have residential. So those are kids that are in a locked unit for about seven to 10 months um, who are so ill that they cannot be in the community at all. So then you have PHP, which is partial hospitalization, where they come for about eight hours a day and then they go home. Then you have IOP, which is a little bit less. I think it's like 
They can be three to five hours a day. And then you have OP, which is outpatient, and that's more of just once a week outpatient services. So uh, my job is I work at a PHP, so I'm on the second tier down. So the issue is, is all these kids, a lot of these kids who are coming into PHP, um, they really do qualify for higher level of care on a locked unit because they're so sick, um, residential, but there's no residential beds. So now you have a bunch of kids who are in PHP who need so much more care, but nowhere to go. Uh, so... Uh, it's frustrating because we don't have the right resources for the kids. Um, we're, you know, we're all doing the best that we can to keep them safe, but hearing their trauma stories, hearing their suicidal ideation, their homicidal ideation, and all of these things, you know, not to mention the shit in the world that is happening right now, you know, it really takes a toll on, on, you know, me and other healthcare workers, um, you know, it's, I don't, anymore, I don't see, um, you know, COVID positive people, um, and I'm not treating them. I did a while ago at Seattle Children's, but, um, you know, now I'm seeing the mental health portion of this pandemic and it's, it's hard, you know, I care about these kids. I care about people and um it's been challenging so i you know i wish i could sit here today and say i'm going to do a podcast every single week with amazing material and have amazing guests on and you know in a perfect world i could do that but unfortunately the world is the furthest from perfect as it's been. Um, so I can't promise that, uh, you know, I, I do have other things to attend to. Um, but we're back. I'm feeling a little better. I am feeling, uh, a little bit more in control of my depression and anxiety. I'm starting to feel a little bit more motivated. Um, and just, you know, starting to look at a little bit more of the positive side of things, which can be very, very challenging. Um, so I, I'll tell you what my goal is since I don't, I don't think that um, releasing a podcast episode every week is going to be an achievable goal for me right now. I want to be realistic, right? In the grand scheme of things, I would love to do that. It's not going to happen right now. And uh, we got to accept it. So, um, my goal is to release an episode every other week. So that's two a month. I feel it's a little bit more doable. Um, and yeah, so that really is my goal, you know, and maybe I have some weeks that I don't have as much to do and I just feel like doing an extra episode and maybe I'll do that too. Um, but I don't want to overcommit myself and neglect, my children at work, you know, my patients, my family in Thailand, um, and my family, the family in Thailand that Women Against Taboo is supporting, um, or myself. So, um, I think that is a reasonable thing for me to ask. So if you don't like it, go somewhere else, I guess. (laughs) Sorry, suckers. Um, what is another thing I want to say? Thank you to everybody who donated to our uh, Christmas Seahawks beanie fundraiser. Um, uh, This is also something that I was dealing with. It was a fucking bummer. Uh, you know, I love Seattle Children's and I think they do really great things. Um, this is the second year in a row that we've delivered beanies and it has been a fucking shit show. It's been a disaster. Um... 
I'm not, I, I, I don't like working with them uh, in terms of Women Against Taboo and um, the volunteer department. Sorry, that's, I, I know it's probably not a fucking popular opinion, but I, I don't. I'm, I'm very disappointed by how they've been handling things involving with us and what we're trying to do. Um, so, yeah, they didn't, we, we did... My mom is the COO of Women Against Taboo Foundation, and she was on her shit. She's always on her shit, um, you know, contacting them. We sent the beanies way earlier. We, we just used money that we already had to send it before we extracted the money because we knew that we had to get them earlier and we had to plan a little bit more because restrictions were different because of COVID this year. So uh, we sent them way in advance. Um, they arrived two Seattle Children's, uh, I think two weeks, a week maybe, before Christmas. They, Seattle Children's lost the beanies, they could not find them, and they did not end up on the PBMU for Christmas morning. So that was a real fucking bummer. Um, there's also some other business things that we are not very happy about. So I know everyone is um, struggling this year, including people that run the volunteer and donation office in Seattle Children's. So I don't want to shit on them too badly, but we're pretty disappointed. Um, and so I, those of you who donated and now you're like, okay, where the fuck the, did the money go? So they, they found the beanies. <laughs> they found the beanies a couple days after Christmas. So, you know, love that. Uh, they plan to deliver the beanies to children on the unit soon, apparently. So um, next year, I think we are going to give to Clip. So Clip is um, basically all of, all the Clip kids. It's more of a, it's a residential, so it's long term. And in order to qualify for many of the Clip beds, you have to be on state insurance. And, uh, or, sorry, or you have to have an ITA, which means um, it's involuntary by the court. Basically, uh, the court says this kid is way too sick to make any decisions. We don't, it doesn't matter about the parents. We are saying this kid has to be getting care because they are that sick. So they have the sickest of the sick kids. Um, and they have the most impoverished kids. So I think next year uh, we're going to do the beanie uh, donation again, um, but we're going to give the clip next year, and hopefully we have um, uh, a better time doing that. Um, and the extra money that we raised from the Christmas present beanie drive is going to Maggie and her family in order to help them pay for rent um, and survive in this pandemic. So um, just wanted to tell you all where your money went. Uh, I give away more secrets on this podcast than any other platform for us for Women Against Taboo, Talk Taboo, all the things. So um, yes, the kids did get them. Um, but I never want to lie about where it's going. I don't want to cover it up. I don't want to do anything. If it's our fault, I will say it's our fault. If it's someone else's, I will say it's theirs, but, um, I'm, I'm never going to be lying. I'm never going to be pushing that. Um, so I wanted to be, uh, uh, upfront and honest about that. Okay. Beanies. Checka, checka mundo. 
Trafficking Awareness Month, motherfuckers. I am so excited, just as I am every year on January for Trafficking Awareness Month. Uh, I have, I, I'm going to stop promising things because I say, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, Maggie and her family fucking tank or something else happens and I have to adhere to that and then things don't happen. So I have things that I will be posting, educational resources, possibly a podcast, like I said, I'm not promising, um, that can get you out and learn about trafficking. And I will offer ways that you can help and um, you can help. (laughs) You will be able to help. Okay. Love that shit. So stay tuned for that. Everyone who has sent me questions through my Instagram DMs, the Woman Against Taboo Instagram DMs, or our website, including the anonymous question tab, um, I have answered you all back. Sorry if it was a little bit later than I wanted to, but I did answer you all. Uh, Sorry we can't talk about all of them on the podcast because we didn't have a podcast for a couple months. Um, But people have brought up so many great questions and so many things that I'm like, oh my God, we need a podcast about that. And we need a podcast about that. And we need a podcast about that. Or educational materials about that. So my brain is like craziness. So yes, 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 yes. Okay, let's talk about sex or something. Do we like talking about sex on this podcast? Uh, what the fuck has been happening in my sex life since I talked to you? Uh, I have not had sex. So, uh, again, if you didn't know, we're in a pandemic, so that's sick. Uh, I haven't had sex since this podcast. I haven't had sex in so long, I can't remember. It's been months. Anyone else feel me on that? Um, yeah, I think, yep, no sex. Sorry, sorry, people. I'm sure a lot of you feel me. Uh, I did hook up with someone who, uh, you know, this fucking pandemic, dude, it's really fucking with our heads. We're lonely as shit. We don't get any touch. You know, it's like, use your vibrator. And it's like, okay, but vibrators don't give me cuddles and give me human to human connection and give me different kinds of oxytocin and dopamine and serotonin and all the freaking things. And uh, I think that we're... not all making great decisions right now. So fucking holla if you feel the same way. Uh, so I hooked up with someone who did not give a fuck about my pleasure, who I fucked in the past, who has never given a fuck about my pleasure. Um, and you know, hooked up with them, felt used after, I continue to tell myself that I'm not going to hook up with them. And then a pan- and I've been doing so well. I've been doing so well. I haven't hooked up with them in years. And then this fucking pandemic happened and the situation was in my face. And I, you always think, God, how many times do we think, oh, they've changed because it's been years and, you know, they must have grown up or something. Fucking bullshit. Fucking bullshit. So, um, didn't even have the sex, just, uh, sucked a wiener, um, and didn't get anything in return. So, um, yeah, I feel like shit about that. Uh, fucking write in if this has happened to you recently. Like, oh God, I, you know, it's like, I want to be disappointed in myself and I want to be sad and all these things. And those are fine. Every emotion is valid, but, um, you know, we're all, we're all hanging in there doing, doing the best we can. So, um, if you've made some decisions that you don't love lately, it's okay. 
It's going to happen. There's craziness out there. Okay. Um, oh my gosh, you guys. I had my first G-spot orgasm. Oh my God. I had talked to people about this on the podcast last time. Holy shit. My first G-spot orgasm ever. Please remember that I hadn't had... How long have I been having sex? I was 15. Oh my God, 10 years. Okay, so I've been having sex for 10 years, masturbating for way longer than 10 years. And I finally had my first G-spot orgasm. Holy shit. I've only had one. (laughs) But I'll take one because it was like the little bit of confidence booster that I was like, oh my God, neuroplasticity. We're fucking doing it. We are getting the shit. Okay, so now I have to tell you how I did it. So uh, the Oh My G that I have partnered with, uh, can I do a side story first? I'm going to do a side story first. Okay, so uh, I have had, uh, should I do a side story first? I'll explain the Oh My G and then I'll, I'll do my side story about ads and companies I partner with. Okay, so this oh my G, it's supposed to like mimic the come hither motion. And um, when they had first reached out to me, I was like, I will absolutely try the product, but I can't, I only endorse products that I like or that I think will be very beneficial to people, as well as only endorse companies who uphold the same morals and values as the Women Against Taboo Foundation and myself. So uh, I tried it a few times. I didn't really like it. Um, And I was like, I don't know if I can endorse this product. And so then I kept doing it, kept doing it. um, Because you can't just try something once and say it didn't work. I fucking hate that shit. Like, you have to figure it out. You have to solve the puzzle. And... uh, So I found that if I use a vibrator or my sucking vibrator on my clit and then once I have gone through my first two stages of arousal, uh, if you're wondering about the two stages of arousal, go to my IGTV. I am Taylor Stafford. I don't remember what day, but it's under the 25 days of sex. Okay, um, so I wanted to go through both all my two stages of arousal first before I insert anything in my vagina because that's how that shit goes. So I made sure that happened and I put it in and I had like a dual orgasm. Like, I, I, I was like, I don't think this is a G-spot orgasm, but okay, you know when you like are done orgasming and like your clit just like starts throbbing like... I was going to say throbbing, like, you know, throbbing. (laughs) It starts throbbing. Um, That was happening on my clit, but then it was also happening, like, on the front of my stomach. You know, like, your really, really lower abdomen, where technically your G-spot is, right? It's in there about two inches up on the front of your abdomen. And that was throbbing. And it was such a weird feeling. I go, oh my God, I bet you that was like a dual orgasm. That's insane. So then I, but I didn't count that as a G-spot orgasm because I, it was, you know, had mostly had uh, clitoral stimulation as well. So I tried it again a couple more times. And this time I did clit stimulation up until my first two, two stages of 
the sexual response cycle, we're up until, uh, so I'm all the way fully aroused. Your vagina is ready to take apparently the oh my G. So, uh, I put the oh my G in my vagina on my G spot and nothing on my clit at this point. Um, and no, sorry, nothing on my clitoral bulb at this point, And I freaking had a G spot orgasm. It was not as good <laughs> as a clit orgasm, I will say, but I also don't think it was like, I'm not as, I'm not good at it yet. Like I've been clitoral orgasming for fucking more than 10 years. And so I feel like I need to have more G spot orgasms, but just the fact that I had one was like, Oh my God, you guys, you can train your body to have different kind of orgasms in insane. So now, um, I am really excited to have another one and play around with things some more. Um, so side note on the oh my G's and other things that I partner with. So, uh, some people, a, a couple of people who had bought in the oh my G's said they didn't like it and they returned it. And, you know, I asked them, I was like, did you give it a few tries and all the things? Um, and they said, yeah, I just didn't really like it. And I'm like, okay, fine. Um, but I, and then I started thinking, I'm like, oh my God, I hope people don't think that I'm endorsing this product in this company for money. I do get money from it. I'm not going to fucking lie. I do. Um, but I am never going to promote a product, promote a company that I do not believe in and that I do not love. And everything I say about the product, it comes from me. And so I've had companies reach out to me that said, you have to say this about our product. I will not. Uh, if, if I find that product, that all those things to be true, and I only have to say it like one time or something, then maybe, but I would never lie. I'm never going to lie. If they say, I have to say this about it. Um, I'm not doing it. So I don't want people to think that this was like the first company that had reached out to me. I have had many companies reach out to me for all different kinds of products and I will, and I've turned them down. I am a nurse. I make fine money. I'm stable on money. I don't need the extra money. Is it going to be great? And all of the money that I make from all of the partnerships and ad stuff that I'm going to post, it all goes back to women against taboo. So, um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm never going to promote a product that I don't like. So I really, uh, I really do like this, but you know, at the same time, it's like fucking everything in life, not everybody, not everything works for everybody. It's like, even in healthcare, you know, we talk about this, you know, this plan could work for you, but it doesn't work for me. Right. Um, but if you guys are interested in G spot orgasms and want a discount, um, go to iobatoys.com. So it's I O B A toys.com. Um, it's the, Oh my G G spot vibrator or whatever. And then if you put in the promo code taboo Taylor, you will get 30% off. And I think it comes down to be like 105 or 110. I can't, seriously, I can't remember. So it's a little bit pricier, um, but I haven't seen another toy like it. If you've seen another toy like it, maybe uh, write in and let me know. Um, but I really like it. So that's just kind of what did I want to share about my G-Spot orgasm and how I did it. So that was very exciting. 
I also did my first boudoir photo shoot, you guys. Oh my gosh, it was so freaking fun. Um, so Brenna is the girl who did my shoot and uh, two of my friends actually did a shoot with her before me and she's incredible she makes you feel so comfortable she like will tell you how to pose um if you don't really know it is freaking great i asked her to come on the podcast to talk about being a boudoir photographer so um i hope at some point we'll be able to get her to come over and come on the podcast uh so i will tag her in this her Instagram um, is, sorry, hold on. I think it's, I need to, who just called me? Okay, wait, Brenna. I don't even know if I say her word, her name right. Okay, Brenna Kathleen Boudoir. So it's B-R-Y-N-N-A-K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N Boudoir, B-O-U-D-O-I-R words are hard. Okay. So yes, I think, uh, she is freaking incredible. If you're in the Seattle area, um, I would definitely recommend it. Gosh, you feel so empowered. I was so nervous at first and even I'm like half naked on Instagram all the time. Um, but I was nervous and she made me feel so comfortable and I felt so powerful and she was playing Beyonce music in the back and I just think it's great. So that is that. I want to wish everyone a very happy new year. I hope 2021 doesn't fucking blow as much as 2020. Um, we're getting off to a really good start with everyone storming the Capitol today. Uh, so yeah, things are going well. <laughs> um, and I just want to put it out there that if you're struggling, fucking find someone else who's talk to someone, find someone who's struggling. Holy shit. Reach out to me. Uh, 741-741 is always an option. My, my patients always laugh at me because, um, so the crisis text line is 741-741. You literally just text that number and then you can talk to anyone. And, uh, I have had more kids use this crisis line than ever before. And so I'm, I don't call it a crisis line. I call it 741741 because one of my patients goes, you know, I, I, I was going to text the crisis line and I was like, shoot, where's that paper Taylor gave me with all the crisis lines on it? And she goes, oh wait, it's 741741. She always says, do you text 741741? And so she remembered the number because I call it the 741741 number. So I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, so crisis line, but mostly 741741. You can text it anytime you're feeling lonely, just feeling like you want to talk to someone. Um, I always tell my patients, it's basically like me. It's like us on the other side. They're mental health professionals. There's psych nurses. There's psychiatrists. There's people working in mental health on the other end. So they are there if you need anything or just someone to talk to. I realize that this world is a fucking disaster right now. So um, you're not alone. Uh, I Sometimes I'm like, shit, is that like annoying? To be like, you're not alone? I'm like, great. Fucking the whole world is just as depressed as me. That feels good. 
Uh, but you're really not. So I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse. Depends on what mood you're in. Um, but reach out to someone, whether it be 741-741 or a friend. Um, and fucking hang in there. I'm sorry that this wasn't... Um, oh, yeah, we're supposed to not apologize anymore. Well, I am sorry. Uh, am I? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember if I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, I know this wasn't sex education wise. I just wanted to do a little intro episode, give everyone an update, tell everyone what's going on. Um, and wish you the very best of sexual luck, loving luck, (laughs) mental health luck, physical luck, anti-COVID. And, um, don't forget to get your COVID vaccine when you are available to get it. Mine is scheduled on Saturday. You guys, I think I'm going to cry. I am just so excited. I, you know, I don't give, I've done my research. You can do your own fucking research on the vaccine. I'm so excited. I am ready for it. We have waited so long for this. A lot of like what? 10 long ass lonely months for this. And, um, I am so excited for my arm to feel like fucking trash. I am so excited for the diarrhea. Apparently people have been getting diarrhea from it, which is, it's whatever. I I, bring on the fucking diarrhea. I will blow up any fucking bathroom that you let me give me the vaccine. Um, so excited about that. Follow us on Instagram at, at woman.against.taboo or me. I am Taylor Stafford, especially for any talk taboo updates. Um, and www.womanagainsttaboo.org and our anonymous question tab is still there. Um, I'm actually really uh, proud of everyone. Everyone has more people have not been using the anonymous question tab and they've just been uh, messaging me directly or emailing me at uh, womanagainsttaboo at yahoo.com and have been asking their questions that way. And I'm like, oh my God, I love that. So continue to do either way you want it and fucking get vaccinated. Have a good one. Happy fucking. It's everything sex.